0: Hello, this is Kevin Kersey of the Kevin Kersey Agency. The Kevin Kersey Insurance Agency, a member of the Farmers Insurance Group, can help with home, life, auto, or business needs. Phone number is 317-286-3481. We can also be found on Facebook at the Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. Walk-ins are always welcome at 480 East Northfield Drive, Suite 300 in Brownsburg.
1: The Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on WYRZ. I'm Shane Ray for Central Indiana Today and we are continuing our special on some recorded interviews we've done over the years with the uh, singers of the rock and roll era that we play here on WYRZ. This next interview was with Gary Lewis of Gary Lewis and the Playboys. This was done a few years ago when Gary actually came to Plainfield to do a show. It was pretty enlightening as I didn't know a whole lot about him. And I'm sure you're probably going to feel the same way. So here it is, me talking with Gary Lewis of Gary Lewis and the Playboys. On the phone with me, I have the legendary, and yes, you hear him here all the time, Gary Lewis of Gary Lewis and the Playboys. How is Gary Lewis today?
2: Gary Lewis is wonderful today. I've been out in my yard mowing all morning, and it feels great.
1: Now, are you one of those that you don't mind getting your hands dirty? You like going out and doing that kind of stuff?
2: Oh, I love doing that kind of stuff. I mean, I grew up in Los Angeles where everything is concrete. <laughs>
1: You have the concrete yards.
2: No grass in in L.A., you know. (laughs) So living back here in New York in the country, we got 11 acres, so I have to mow it all. And, uh, I mean, I don't have to. I like mowing it all. I don't want to hire somebody to do it, you know. And then I keep the grounds up myself, and I love it.
1: You know, you mentioned growing up in Los Angeles, so let's just go way back now. Uh, sure. you, you grew up in Los Angeles, like you said, and uh, right. just get it out in the open. Uh, your father uh, was, uh, was already in the entertainment business by that time, right?
2: Well, my—that's the reason we moved to Los Angeles from New York—is uh, that him and him and Dean Martin signed their first. Uh, uh, contract to do movies in 1949 so that's that's when we came to los angeles when they started making movies and uh, you know i i just grew up there my entire life yes the whole gang's gone wild wild western and they're even funnier than ever with dean martin singing a raft of new song hits heap big laugh maker jerry lewis pulling one hilarious surprise out of the bag after another you should see what happens if my friend Irma goes west. Everybody's got a girl. My partner, Dean Martin, he's got two girls. His old flame Diana Lynn from our first picture and a terrific new French star, Corinne Calvet. And uh, right. so in 97, we were doing a job in Rochester, New York here, and I met the lady who would become my wife. And I, ju- I just stayed because she already had family here. I don't want to take her away from that. So Sure. You know, all I need is a telephone
1: yeah exactly and uh... Yeah. i did some email correspondence or donna's her name and she's just as yeah, nice as she can be she's the
2: greatest, be. <laughs> she the greatest. Uh,
1: before we one last question about growing up during that time did you get to yeah. see uh, dean or were you even surrounded by a lot of other people that you saw in the movies
2: oh absolutely i mean it was it was a constant star fest at our house <laughs> Uh, yeah, I met just about everybody you can imagine, you know, from that, that era of movies. Uh, and it was wonderful. I, you know, I was like a little fan. I, I loved all those people. <laughs> my favorite two people were uh, Burt Lancaster and Kirk Douglas. They were so cool. I mean, I, I was just, I loved every one of their movies. So, you know, we hung out a little bit. I mean, they were hanging out with my dad, but <laughs> I was there too so right. you know getting in on the conversation and stuff it was fun <laughs> it was really fun
1: <laughs> cool um now let's go ahead and jump a little further how did you what made you decide you or what got you an interest in music and maybe thinking that's something you wanted to do
2: okay i graduated high school and the following year i decided. well let me try this theater arts college in california you know so I tried to pass it in a playhouse, so here I am, uh, not knowing what I wanted to do with my life at all. But uh, I'm wearing these tights and leotards and <laughs> prancing across the stage doing Greek tragedies and all this, <laughs> you
0: know.
2: And I said, "Man, this is just not me." And thank God, right when I started thinking this is not me, boom, the Beatles come out, mm-hmm. and that made up my mind for me because I, I had been playing drums since I was five years old, and I formed up the first Gary Lewis and the Playboys from classmates at that theater art school. And, uh, you know, that that was January 1964, and we've never had to look back. I've been doing it 48 years.
1: Really, you did this on your own for the most part. Y- your dad wasn't out there saying, Hey, come no. listen to my son
2: no oh, absolutely not as a matter of fact my i was i was 19 at the time and i said mom you know i put this band together and we got to have a place to rehearse can we rehearse here and she said well sure but your dad's got to be out of town <laughs> you know he's got to be out of town and then you know you guys can rehearse here and she bought us all the equipment and know, the drums and just everything. Uh, And she said, now, you really can't tell your father because if this whole thing fails or doesn't go anywhere, I got to find an excuse as to where this money went. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Uh so we kept it all from my dad uh, until Diamond Ring was actually number one on the charts. And then I brought him the first gold record at Paramount Studios. He was shooting some movie. And uh, I, you know, I signed it to him and everything, this diamond ring and everything, and, uh, you know, the gold record, and it was already number one on the charts. He says, Why did you do this? (laughs) you know, I said, well, we had to keep it a secret, you know, mom said. So that's, you know, that's how we got going.
1: Uh, Like you said, the first big one was This Diamond Ring. That was on Liberty Records, isn't that right? Right. And uh, it was, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Snuff Garrett, legendary producer who kind of put things together?
2: Yes, wonderful producer. He not only knew how to pick hits, but he knew exactly the timing of when to put things out. You know, I mean, if the Beatles came out with a a brand new song, he wouldn't put ours out right away. He'd wait like three weeks, you know. Mm -hmm. The initial jolt of the Beatles is kind of like not well it never wore off but it was just better timing to wait
1: sure kind of let so he, the
2: he had that ability he knew um,
1: and that's a, like you said that's a sign of a, g- a guy who knows how to market so right right uh, as far as picking the songs how much did you did you leave all that up to him or did uh, I mean I'm sure probably at first he did a lot of it but uh, as time well, went on no
2: that that was one of the first things he told me he says now you gotta believe me. I know what I'm doing. You know you gotta let me handle the whole thing. You know, and me being 19 at the time, I didn't know anything about the recording business. So mm-hmm. I said, "Sure, go do it. <laughs> do you know? Do whatever you think is best for me." And and uh, uh, that's exactly what he did. I mean, my God, we had seven top tens in a row. It's
1: songs like Count Me In, Save Your Heart For Me, Everybody Loves a Clown, She's Just My Style, Sure Gonna Miss Her, Green Grass, all of that stuff. And you still do these songs today, right?
2: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, I I can't believe that people ask me, don't you get tired of doing those songs after (laughs) so long? Well, no. I mean, (laughs) they they are what gave me whatever I have and whatever I am, you Mm -hmm. know? How could I get tired of that? I'll never understand that. Heck no. You know, I get a different memory every time I sing them. Where we did it first, or or I remember rehearsing uh, the song at my friend's house before we went into the studio. You know, just, uh, there's a million, a million things. Like the first time we did it live, you know, just all that stuff.
1: Sure. Now, let's yeah, it's great. T- uh, by, I think, according to my research, by 1966, you decided to step out from behind the drums and just start leading the band out I, front. Was that something... Right, I was,
2: I was too antsy. <laughs> uh, I mean, I wanted to move, I wanted to see people, I wanted to see the faces and stuff. And back on the drums, you're way at, at the back of the stage, and I, I never saw anything and I don't know if anybody saw me because of all the symbols around me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I hired a drummer, and I just came up front, played guitar. Uh, I taught myself guitar when I was like 14, and I started playing guitar at all the gigs. And therefore I could walk around, I could look at people, see the smiles, see the people mouthing the words right along with me, you know, it's... <laughs> a great compliment to have that happen.
1: Yeah, And while all of this is going on, you're also making television appearances. You're on the Ed Sullivan Show, you're on the American Bandstand, Shindig, All Johnny Carson. Right. All of that yeah. stuff. Yeah,
2: you know, every, everything. And all the ones in between, Merv Griffin, Mike Douglas. You know, people today might not know who they are, but... <laughs> You know, they they all they all had a little part to play in in uh, putting me where I am. Okay, girls, get ready to save your heart for Gary and the Playboys. And here's a great noise from Gary Lewis and the Playboys. Things go better with Coca-Cola. Things go better with Coke. Life is much more fun. When you're refreshed And Coke refreshes you best We never make it through a record session without Coke The studio's full of empty bottles when we're finished And you know, we never get tired of drinking Coca-Cola We drink it Coke after Coke after Coke Food goes better with fun Goes better
1: with you go better with Coke The real life Coke of the songs now. Did you have some that uh, were just favorites or maybe some that you really didn't care that much to do?
2: I, I do have two favorites, but for different reasons. Um, Diamond Ring is my favorite because it was our very first attempt and it was the biggest tune we ever had in, in our career. You know, went to mm-hmm. number one in the country real fast, uh, sold a million records in about six weeks, and it kicked the Beatles out of number one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, because of that, I mean, that's got to be my favorite. <laughs> uh, but then again, she's just, my style is my favorite musically. My favorite song, actually, you mm-hmm. know, because uh, we were going for a Beach Boy type sound with all the harmonies and uh, just, you know, it sounded like California and the beach and mm-hmm. all that stuff. and uh that went to number two in the country for us. So for for those reasons, those are both my favorites.
1: Yeah, those are the ones you'd put in a time capsule?
2: Right, absolutely. I, I want to send it on Voyager out to space. <laughs> <laughs> and and the one tune that I didn't really care for, it was a hit. It didn't go into the top ten. I don't even remember where it finally charted. But uh, you don't have to paint me a picture. hmm uh, I was never really crazy about that tune uh, be, because the way the feel of the song is, it always kind of reminded me of a German beer drinking song. Right. <laughs> like you can see the steins in the air and you know and people singing.
1: Yeah.
2: I don't know. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm saying that that the tune just. I never thought it'd fit, but then that was Snuffy Garrett. He said, put it out. I mean, I know it went top 20, but...
1: Yeah, in fact, I'm showing that it went to number 15, so... Yeah, It was back yeah. with Looking for the Stars.
2: Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, so, I mean, it did go fine, you know. Loyal fans, I love them. It's very plain to see that you don't love me,
1: And, of course, now, like, let's say Greengrass and This Diamond Ring, they're all up-tempo songs, Count Me In. They're all very up-tempo. They always make you think of, uh, as we say on radio, good times and great oldies. You know, they're always associated with good times. But you have, let's say, songs that maybe were a little slower, uh, like Where Will the Words Come From? Something like that.
2: Where will the words come from when I tell you I don't love you anymore?
1: Did you feel okay? Were you ever worried about just switching gears to slower songs?
2: No, not at all, because Save Your Heart, for me, was the, th- the third record we put out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Diamond Ring and Count Me In, and then Snuffy, Snuffy said, Well, you know, let's, let's go with a slow tune and, and see what happens, you know? I think it's time. And he was right. That went to number two also, I think.
1: Yes, it did. You had another one. Uh, Of course, I'm from the South. I'm a big Elvis fan. So you had a song called I Saw Elvis Presley Last Night. came out about 1969. What's the story? That's right.
2: You know, because we went to see Elvis at the Las Vegas Hilton when he was there. I don't remember what the year was. Um, But I was watching him, and I'm going, my God, this, this is the guy that, just started the whole thing, just <laughs> rock and roll, and he was, he was doing all his old moves like jailhouse rock moves, you mm-hmm. know, dancing and rubber legging and everything. And I'm, oh man, I was just flipping out because I, I absolutely loved all that stuff. And so we, we got back to uh, the hotel. And me and the Playboys were all there, and and, uh, so we started writing this tune. I said, I want to write a tune about Elvis, you know? And (laughs) they said, okay, great. So we start writing and everything, and then, uh, you know, we're pretty much done after about four days, and uh, we couldn't think of a title, couldn't figure out a title at all for this. So I said, "Well, let's just call it I saw Elvis Presley last night." <laughs> okay, fine. Well, I saw Elvis last night. Well, I saw... So anyway, it ends up that a, a lot of people haven't heard of it, but a lot of people have too, and um, and they and. Uh, Certain DJs always remind me, hey, that's the only Elvis tribute song that was done when he was alive. That's true. And I never thought about that. I just wanted to write a tune. Now, in
1: 1967, you went into the Army. And then what were your thoughts when you were going into the Army?
2: Yeah, um, my thoughts when I went in the Army, the initial thought was, you know, all my friends are saying, well, you can always go to Canada, you know. And uh, I, I, I said, well, no, Elvis did it, and I'm going to do it, you know, and, and it turns out that it's such a much better thing than I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my initial thought. But then I thought, well, y- you know, two years away, you know, I'll just pick things up when I get home. And uh, but but it didn't. It didn't work out like that because of Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, and The Doors and Much Harder Rock and Roll came out. Mm-hmm. And uh, But I still was able to tour for two years on the strength of two tunes that we had in the can. Yeah, namely
1: like uh, Seal with a Kiss. That one made it up to number 19.
2: Um, but then after that, uh, you know, it just kind of dried up. And uh, so I bought a music store in Los Angeles and uh, gave guitar and drum lessons and sold drums and guitars, too. And uh, then in 1984, 12 years later, this agent called me and said, well, hey, I can get you 60 to 100 dates a year. And I told him, well, if you can book it, I'll play them. And uh, And that's what I've been doing ever since.
1: And yeah, you've been doing that ever since, and having a great time in the whole process, right?
2: Oh, it is. I mean, I mean it is such a great time. It, it really is. I mean, all kinds of neat things have happened after that. You know, uh, just I mean, uh, we we fill up every place we play. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there our audiences all the way from ten years old to eighty. <laughs> I mean, it's really amazing. I get emails from teenagers saying how they've discovered our music and, uh, and and we love your songs, you know. They're not hateful. They're not anger-based, you know, and all that stuff. Right. So it's wonderful, and I, I write them all back, too, and I say, glad to have you as a new fan. Thank you. <laughs>
1: Again, okay. I certainly do thank you for being our guest today.
2: It's my pleasure. Thanks a lot.
1: This has been Central Indiana Today, presented by the Kevin Kersey Agency on WYRZ.
0: Hello, this is Kevin Kersey of the Kevin Kersey Agency. The Kevin Kersey Insurance Agency, a member of the Farmers Insurance Group, can help with home, life, auto, or business needs. Phone number is 317-286-3481. We can also be found on Facebook at the Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward kkersey. Walk-ins are always welcome at 480 East Northfield Drive, Suite 300 in Brownsburg.